live from Goulding Stagecoach Dining Room in Monument Valley, home of the Navajo Taco. And brought to you by Hidden Valley Ranch. The original ranch makes everything taste better. Ranch. Dressing. I'm Delmon. And I'm Malicious. And this is EQ2 Talk. This is episode number 44, and we are recording on April 14th, 2012. Hope you got your taxes done. And Allie, why don't we still have theme music? Well, you know, I thought I won the Mega Millions, but then I realized I had the ticket upside down. That is unfortunate. So I hope you were uh, able to return that speedboat that you bought. <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay. We don't have time for more of your lame brain excuses. We have a very special guest with us this week. Uh, let's introduce Holly Windstarker Longdale, the EverQuest 2 producer. Welcome to hey. the show. Hi. Happy to be here. So most EverQuest players are familiar with the name of Holly Windstalker. Did you pick your handle just because it sort of conveniently went with your name? Or do you feel a connection to the character somehow? Uh, ever since I started playing EverQuest, uh, EverQuest 1, it's always been an on-running joke uh, for me that I've always been a little bit rabid in terms of how protective I am of not just my guilds and groups and friends, but uh, now it also extends to the team. So it seemed appropriate. Um, while I'm not a human druid, um, I love animals, um, and I'm very protective of my team. Um, so, yeah, it just it seemed appropriate. And while um, the questions come up why I haven't remained with my EQ uh, designer handle uh, uh, GM name of uh, Valar, uh, it just seemed like, I'm in a whole new world in EQ2, and I thought it would be appropriate. So do you enjoy springing up out of nowhere and poning noobs in the Kinos Highlands? Is that something you do in your spare time? No, I do it in the cube farm at work. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, keep them on their toes, you know? It's part of my job. So as we said, you are EQ2's producer. What exactly is the producer responsible for? Um, and from my view, uh, especially uh, on a game like EQ2, my my primary role is to make sure that um, the team has all the tools, all the time as much as we can, um, and there's no roadblocks so that uh, they can get their jobs done um, as efficiently um, and pleasantly as possible. So I see that as my primary role. Of course, supporting that is doing everything I can um, to help them solve um, and remove issues, whatever they may be. Um, And then secondary to that, I feel, I suppose it's probably all in alignment, but um, I work with the leads and uh, upper management. We prioritize. There's obviously game level stuff I prioritize with the team um, and we set goals. um, And as a team, we're setting the vision. So there's obviously a lot of things happening. Um, But yeah, I I really feel my role is to make sure that um, I'm doing everything that I can to make sure their jobs are as, as easy as possible. So what part of that role do you enjoy the least and maybe what's your favorite part of it? What I enjoy least is when anything goes wrong. Uh, <laughs> and I don't like to say it happens often, but uh, 
yeah, it, ultimately I'm top of the heap as far as the team goes. So everything's my responsibility and, you know, as a result, my fault. Um, <laughs> so that's the part I enjoy the least. Uh, and then, you know, trying to resolve uh, issues. And we know, you know, we don't ever play the blame game on the team. Uh, we just want to make sure we resolve stuff as quickly as possible. But it always hurts your soul a little bit um, when something goes wrong because the team does try to be perfect um, as much as they can. So that hurts. Um, and my favorite part uh, since I've been on this team is just the joy of being around pure creatives again and really uh, strong, intelligent people. It's really energizing and um, there's a lot to be proud of. And it's really nice to see the team chug along um, and, and excel. I mean, they're, they're, they're a really solid team of winners. So um, can you tell us about something, you know, you've, you've been there a short time in terms of real life, but uh, probably long <laughs> in terms of game development. Can you tell us about something you've accomplished so far that you are extremely proud of and maybe something given hindsight that you might do differently if you could go back? I think this time, even though, like you said, it does seem like a relatively short period of time and I've been trying to get away with being a newbie for as long as I could, but that's wearing a little thin now. Um, but even with, with that, um, I'm what I'm most proud of, and it's and I don't want this to sound necessarily lame, but the, the team's really taken me in um, and adopted me as a producer, um, and it, I'm really proud of that because I'm sure you can imagine when there's um, someone in my position that comes on a team, it's a risk um, because you know they've been familiar uh, with Dave, who obviously is a really strong leader as well. Um, Oh, I just inferred that I'm a strong leader. Um, so, <laughs> um, but that's what I, I've, I'm so happy with that because, you know, ultimately when you come in, that's one thing you worry about the most um, to make sure that you have the trust and, and the faith uh, of your team. So I've been extremely thrilled about that um, from a development standpoint. And this is probably going to sound like a cheesy marketing ref, but um, GU63 is um, when I first got on the team, uh, they were obviously just, um, they'd been working on it for some time, but they were in early stages uh, right after um, uh, AOD released. So um, just to see how far they've come, um, the scope that they started with uh, and where they are now. Uh, the team's done incredible things. Um, and then also, you know, from a learning perspective, um, you know, I try and keep stuff from falling out of my head because there's so much to absorb. Um, but it's been uh, a great challenge and a great joy to be able to get this far and release GU with what, you know, we keep saying that it's the biggest update ever and we strongly believe it. And there's a lot of really crafted content, a lot of love went into it um, because the team, as you know, is smaller now. So everything they do counts for more. Um, and they, they are so invested and love this game. So it's been, that's actually the other part of it that, that I'm, I'm really proud of is that I'm just by uh, just naturally the producer of a team that absolutely loves the game and loves the players and cares. Um, and it's, it's a real joy to be on a team and, and in a job where that's the everyday occurrence. Back when we had Smoke Jumper join us, we needed to make sure he was capable of doing our podcast here because, you know, we are such a hardcore podcast. So we asked him for his crit mitt. But now that crit mitt's been removed, I guess we'll have to ask you what your crit chance is. So if we could get that number. Um, I can give you the number on my new character because I started over. <laughs> you, you didn't buy that loot, did you? 
no. It's a pure, it's a pure character. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Uh, but seriously, uh, now that the are you this tall metric of crit mit has been removed from the game, are there any other mechanics or uh, metrics or attributes that are get, be, get, being given a second look at? By the way, just on that question, just knowing that I had to get to 150% crit chance to do some of the Destiny of Velius content made me a little bit weep worthy um, <laughs> but um yes i mean uh, i don't want to say overall we are but um i at least wanted to to take an opportunity and at least mention that um one thing we are looking closely at right now is pvp um, because we know that's not had enough attention um and there's definitely some things we need to look at um, more closely um, and we are committed to doing that we obviously have um, an enormous list of priorities, um, given that everything uh, that isn't uh, performing the way we want it to is a priority. Um, but we probably will have an announcement coming pretty soon um, about some um, updates um, and potentially changes. I mean, we would imagine changes to PvP. Um, and to support that, too, there's um, two of the designers on the team are hardcore PvP, and they've got some really great ideas on how to improve it. So we're excited about that. Um, but as far as something as vast as removing critment, um, nothing, at least in the near future. Okay, that sounds good. I'm sure those PvP players are very excited to hear that uh, their style is getting, uh, getting some attention now. Yeah, and I hope they believe me because <laughs> we're being serious. <laughs> and also, sorry, I don't mean to uh, – just on the back end of that too, I, I want to make sure that it's clear too that um, the current mechanics team uh, and the team overall – is committed to, to especially now that you know we've increased the levels um, and added some new abilities. There's a really strong commitment to making sure that balance is ongoing, um, that we're listening to the community as we um, recently uh, have been doing during this uh, reasonably long test phase for the update. It's been uh, really amazing to get the really good critical uh, and constructive feedback from the community. So we are definitely listening. Um, and as often as people want to give us really detailed um, feedback, that really helps us um, take a, a closer look um, and make improvements where they need to be made. So a lot of raid guilds haven't finished clearing the Drunder hard mode zones yet, and um, you know which are needed to open up Plane of War, and even some servers haven't unlocked it. Do you think that the Drunder difficulty level might be a little bit too high, or was the plan sort of to make it so that players had content to finish still when new content was coming out? Uh, the team overall is pretty pleased with the pacing, um, and the difficulty feels like it is actually just about right. We have to try and remind players, and not that I don't want to sound condescending, um, but this is a situation, a, a unique situation, where you're put in a position to kill a god and kill gods and work with gods. Um, it's a planar environment. It's certainly expected to be extremely difficult. Um, and with that, uh, the, the rewards support that. Um, there's certainly um, nowhere else in the game currently um, where the rewards are <laughs> I don't want to say that rewarding, but um, yeah, so actually we're, we feel the difficulty is right. Um, and then if you remember um, with this GU, uh, we're increasing the levels. So that is actually um, as you move through uh, and get to 92 and move through the prestige points uh, and the abilities, it's going to make that content easier um, for the vast majority of guilds. Um, so yeah, I think we're pretty happy with where it is. 
and the timing has seemed to be pretty good. And it's it's never been a goal of the team. It's it's certainly not been planned that we would be um, so specific about it, releasing new content and and feeling like the the community overall is at X percent towards completing um, Drender and Plane of War. Um, but we feel like it should be taking as long as it's taking for this type of epic event. That makes sense. Oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, my, my next question is really just uh, one word. Well, it's actually two words. <laughs> uh, s- smart loot. Uh, yes. it, it can be extremely frustrating to run zones repeatedly over and over again, hoping for an item and, and to be given rewards that necessarily don't match the makeup of your group or, or your raid. Uh, are there any plans to bring back a smart loot or at least a, uh, an educated uh, loot system? It does still exist um, in some areas. So, um, for example, spells still use smart loot tables. Um, in talking, I did um, talk to the designers. We we are looking at it um, and looking at uh, places where it's intelligent to use it. It, it has to be very carefully um, designed and put together. Um, and it's. I certainly don't want to say you're never going to see it in other areas again, um, but uh, I will probably come back with more information on that, given that there's there's questions being asked about it. Uh, and that's fair enough, I guess. Maybe maybe let me let me get down to the brass tacks of my my question. Uh, <laughs> can we just get Templar loot to drop all the time? Uh, that's the everywhere. Only, yeah, that's the only <laughs> level of educated loot mechanic I need. I just need all Templar all the time. Tastefully done, of course. I'll certainly take that to the team. We'll see if we can have it, you know, fall off trees and intermittently appear in, in your inventory. Oh, How's that? Again, as, as long as I'm there. If, if I'm not there, then, then you can go back to random. Again. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, and believe me, as a player, I certainly appreciate the frustration. Um, but in some, yeah, I'm sure you also, uh, at the same time, if we gave everyone a full set of loot in a dungeon run, that probably wouldn't be the best idea either. Absolutely. Um, and when you are struggling, when you do get that item, uh, the, the clouds open up and the sun comes down on you. <laughs> yeah. you, you, you have permagrin for the rest of that mm-hmm. night. So there is that when you struggle to get it and do get it, there is that lasting aha moment for you. Uh, yes. So I, I can understand the, the, the balance. Uh, but I think when we see uh, unevenly distributed raid forces, let's say you know the red classes, say versus greens, there's always more greens than reds. But we see, we see about. red loot over and over again. I know what you're talking about. Sure. Now. Okay. <laughs> yes. So I, I can say uh, politely that in, in some zones, um, it's been brought up many, many times that there appears to be an overabundance of um, some archetype loot versus other archetype loot. Um, and in those cases where it seems grossly imbalanced, uh, the team is looking into that and there have been adjustments made mm-hmm. um, in the past, um, and we're always keeping an eye on it. So, um, as I said, uh, we're trying to we well, we do definitely. We're watching the boards every day and seeing what seem to be frustration points, and that's another issue. Is you know, there's a difference between acceptable um, investment of time and gameplay before you feel adequately rewarded, and we don't want people to get so frustrated that. Um, they they just want to throw their hands up in the air. So we're always looking at that stuff. And, you know, in this case, too, you know, we'll, if you have specific examples, which I'm sure you will, um, we, we can certainly take that back to the team and, and look at it. But, but especially in um, 
some of the existing high-end raid zones right now, um, we are definitely looking at um, some balance concerns that have been raised by the community. Sure, sure. And I think Allie and I have joked in the past about it's not necessarily we're looking for genius loot, just maybe not dumb, dumb loot, somewhere in the middle. Uh, a, a slightly educated, semi-smart, maybe just barely past the SAT-type level. Uh, you know. <laughs> so it feels like there's some attention paid to yeah. who you are as a player. Sure. Exactly. Yep. We don't have to get the cookie every time we pull the lever. Right. But yeah, you don't want to feel like you're banging your head against a, <laughs> right, a, right. Yeah, a wall or a goblin or a giant. Or a, yeah. <laughs> So uh, another little bit of minor frustration um, for me anyway, and I think Dell feels the same way. Uh, over time, we've seen a, a more and more reuse of zone art. And what I mean by that is like raid zones, both the normal and the hard mode, they look the same as do the heroic zones. Uh, they look identical. And as players, it can be really confusing at times to know where you are, especially if somebody else zones you into the zone <laughs> without looking at your map. Um, and a lot of times as players, the way we remember the encounter mechanics is based on our surroundings. So it sort of becomes difficult to know where, if you don't know where you are, to remember how to beat the encounters. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like maybe the reason that's done is to sort of reduce the workload, which that would make sense. But is there anything that the team can do to help us as players be able to differentiate a little bit better between the zones and the encounters? Actually, I, it's a really great question um, and something um, we, haven't cer- we haven't seen raised in this, this way specifically, um, but I think it's good advice. Uh, I think, and again, again I, I don't want to sound like I'm uh, regurgitating marketing speak necessarily, but when we say there's more to play your way, um, I'm sure you can appreciate that um, in order to offer as many play styles as we can, the opportunity to um, to play in the same types of content. So in a heroic group um, or, for example, let's say there's a, a solo instance and a heroic uh, instance that may have some event encounters or story advancement that we want everyone to see. So in GU63, that definitely happens um, in Sky Shrine. So there'll be some solo versions, heroic uh, versions, um, and then raid versions of some zones. Um, and that's good advice that we should be differentiating when they are not identical. I think that's um, something we should definitely look into. And there's probably really simple ways to do that. Um, but like I said, in, a, in an era where we're trying to expose, the, uh, expose a lot of the content um, beyond uh, just uh, raids, Mm-hmm. Um, we do fall into that trap, I would say, um, when we are reusing similar, uh, well, we're obviously using the same, um, the same geo um, and the same maps, but I think we can certainly do some things to make it look unique. Well, I know that would help Dell and I. We get in arguments all the time about who's right, about what's this encounter. <laughs> there, there, there was a particular evening we happened to be in, and I got to be honest, I don't even remember whether we were in Tower of Frozen Shadow uh, Shadow corridors or the or the X two, uh, and we got into uh, just about rage quitting on each other about <laughs> the. I, I think it's the the Sar- Sergeant Shriver, and I always remember that name because of his relation to the Kennedys. But that encounter, and it's like you got to click the corpses. No, you don't. That's the times two. No, that's this zone. No, it's um, that zone. No, we're yeah. in this one. We're in that one. I mean, right down to you know, as you say, not only the geos, but the uh, mob encounter, his name yeah. and his mechanics. 
are almost the same with, with twists, which is nice, but sometimes it can get really confusing. And, um, well, when, when people are involved, uh, I'm always right. And, of course, Allie <laughs> thinks she's always right as well, uh, which can cause some stress for us. So uh, something like that, it, they are so similar. And you forget, is this, the, is this the one where I cure the curse or I don't cure the curse type of thing? Uh, both which could be fail conditions if I'm in the wrong one because I can't differentiate where I am or, or not really differentiate but remember where I am. I can say, uh, yeah, I can agree that would be horrible. And I and uh, yeah, I'll I'll talk to the team about it because I do think that's it's a good point, and I, I don't believe it it would add too much to the workload to make sure that we have some differentiation um, in a case like that where um, you could trigger a fail condition um, <laughs> just by the similarity. And of course, we don't want anyone rage quitting. <laughs> that's a priority. I, well, we still came back. We still. I think as much as we cursed each other out, we still came back. <laughs> and you did choose the right solution. You figured out where you were. Uh, I, I well, no, I was still you right. No matter what, even if I was so in so far as wrong, I was still right. And I, right. I, I hate to say, I think I was actually wrong. And I think I was right about the encounter, but I don't remember it that way. Of course, you <laughs> you're a good man to admit it anyway. <laughs> uh, the next question I had was on on, on Dungeon Finder, uh, and I'll admit I was super excited when when. DF first launched. Uh, I had hoped it would give me the opportunity to uh, complete a lot of the quests that were in my journal, a lot of the heroic quests uh, from zones in my journal, uh, and farm for shinies, which uh, part of my OCD-ness, I have to have them all. Uh, but, it, but it seems dungeon finding has seemed to have fallen on some tough times, and, and certainly at least on Unrest, it's been my experience, that it's very, very sparingly used. Uh, mm-hmm. Is there anything that can be done uh, to promote Dungeon Finder and get more people in it? Or is it just, unfortunately, destined to be what it is? Yeah, it's it's funny. This The issue of Dungeon Finder comes up in our meetings fairly regularly because um, we know it's not being used um, in the way we'd like it to. Um, and we've been looking into the issues um, that exist with it um, and trying to find out um, what we can do uh, to encourage its use. And I think uh, two months ago, we added a daily quest uh, that gave you a, a reward for using Dungeon Finder um, one, at least once a day, I believe it was, um, to find a group. Um, but there's obviously, there's something there's something not right in it. Um, and I know personally from my own experience, um, you know, the frustration of waiting uh, in groups for excessively long periods of time. Um, and then we, there's a lot of other tools for people to use um, to find groups, and they don't necessarily um, provide the same solutions that DF does. So it is on our priority list uh, as far as, and I, like I said, you know, it's a long list. Um, but yeah, we, again, we, and this is something that, you know, I would, I would say for um, a lot of the issues uh, that come up that, you know, the team wants to solve everything um, if they, when, and if we can. Um, so it's definitely on our list. We'll probably be looking at it in the next couple of months. Um, and it's a situation where we'll probably, I, I, we will likely try at least a couple more things. Um, but at some point, if, if players aren't using it and it's, not advantageous to them you know we'll probably focus our efforts in in another direction that might be more useful Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i mean there's always i think we can admit in some games there's some features that players just generally aren't interested in or or, or aren't uh, likely to use for whatever reason 
so yeah, we'll be watching it closely. We're definitely looking at it. Um, and then, uh, yeah, of course, we'll announce any changes we make and try and encourage its use because, you know, we do believe it's a good fe- uh, a feature. And I think in addition to that, there's some other things we're doing in the next few months um, that might uh, uh, create uh, more interest in using it. Yeah, unfortunately, it's a tool I think is, is when people don't use it or the people who have tried it have not had necessarily positive experiences. Um, you know, kind of the old you burn me once and I don't come back a second time. Exactly. You know, yeah. so unfortunately, it's 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 snowballing on its own a little bit that, you know, it's getting the more it's unused, the worse ra- of a rap it's gaining. Definitely. So, yeah. Yeah. We've tried that one little lift. Um, it, of course, like, like most things, it certainly improved it temporarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's there's something in in the feature itself that is imperfect that we need to try to adjust to make it a little bit more either palatable or more perfect. We'll put smart loot in it. <laughs> or 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 or, or uh, educated loot. I would. Right, right. Well, Dell's definitely more patient than I am. I have. I think the longest I've ever waited is fifteen minutes, and then I gave up. But Dell, I think what you've waited like three hours or something. Uh, there was one one Saturday. I guess you know, out of a sick sick thought of an experiment, I was in it for twelve hours. Oh, yeah. No, uh, I've had the same experience. And when even when you're replaying, so on an alt there and you're not level 90, there's just Mm -hmm. it's yeah, it's pretty abysmal. So, um, yeah, we are looking at it. And as we go forward, um, I think in a few months, we'll continue to add new dungeons to it to hopefully uh, liven that up a bit, because some of the newer dungeons are probably more likely to be used. Okay. Um, achievements. Uh, they're another thing that I, <laughs> I very much enjoy, I guess, because they appeal to my competitive nature a little bit. I, I like to show off what I've accomplished. Uh, yet there are so many that are, uh, that are broken and, you know, have been broken since the launch of DLV, uh, despite bug reports and forums posting about it. Uh, can you talk a little bit why it's taking so long for these to get attention? Is, and is there anything that we can do as players to try to help the team get these fixed sooner? Um, do you want to come work for free? Um, I feel sometimes I feel like I'm doing that at my real job, so why not? And, and certainly, I'm not getting paid to mow my lawn, so sure. Um, um, no, I don't. I don't want to be glib about issues like this, but but I can't help myself. Um, this was another one um, that you know, in in individual reports. Um, it probably doesn't come through to us as loud and clear as a question like this does. Um, I think if we knew more on a, a vastly uh, wide basis that they were broken, um, that we probably would have assigned specific resources to it. So I'm definitely going to take it back to the team and have them look over it. Um, and I know recently um, some of our designers had made some changes um, to, uh, to to correct some issues um, and found some broken stuff that that they weren't aware of before, um, so that at least bodes um, partially well. Um, but again, you know, as I said, there's a huge list of priorities, but it is our commitment, and especially on the on the engineering side, that team uh, is not necessarily uh, fo- we well we not, I don't want to say that they're not necessarily working on new features because we think we've got a fairly broad menu of features and now we want to make sure we're supporting them. So part of that is the the code team um, and myself, we 
regularly look through the bug list. Uh, we definitely look through the reports that come in from the live servers. Uh, we get them verified through our QA team, and we also work with um, community and our CS team to see what are the you know what's coming in. So for the next, not for the next, but for the foreseeable future, uh, the code team is working on um, fixing uh, past issues um, and and generally broken stuff and making improvements. Um, so this can be one of those things that, that we make sure is um, put on. We can probably float this one fairly high uh, because I can't imagine it would take that much time to fix it seems like generally it'd be a big win. Uh, and then also, I think with, as you can imagine, in GU63, there's going to be some new ones. Um, but as I said, I'll take it back to the team and um, have them take a look. I bet Del has yeah, a list they, right right by his side. I, I actually do. So, um, <laughs> I certainly be... don't want to say that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I appreciate getting uh, the detail on things that are very frustrating to players because obviously that makes us upset when stuff is broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. I'd say too, because especially on some of the achievements that they're not easy to earn, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, oh my god, I finally killed that guy in under twenty minutes, and I got no credit for it. Okay, where am I going to find? Where am I going to find an Uber group like this again? I'm having a hard enough time just finding groups that will take me, let alone <laughs> a good group to beat some of this stuff. Finally beat it, no credit. You're like, oh man, that's yeah, and no yeah. loot because it was unsmart. Oh, oh. <laughs> I feel like I apologize for that. Yeah, a double, double, double daggers in the back, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I feel bad. I always feel bad anything that uh, frustrates a player, but um, and you, of course. <laughs> yeah. Well, so not to not to pile insult to injury, but uh, let's, tr- let's turn <laughs> a little bit to EQ2 players. Uh, it's still in beta. Is this real beta or is this like Facebook game beta? <laughs> it goes on forever. So from a player's point of view, uh, the format of the data, it's not very user-friendly. There's um, long lists of spells and achievements, and there's no real leaderboards to speak of. Can you talk about some of the work that's been that's ongoing to help improve the site and maybe when we might see some of the results of that work? Yes. So um, it currently still is in beta. In fact, I have a meeting uh, with our web team next week to go over specifically um, the, those issues that you brought up as well as, you know, what the ultimate goal is. Um, and, you know, I don't necessarily don't want to promote uh, other sites necessarily, but EQ2U is obviously done an amazing job. <laughs> um, and so we definitely want to at least exceed that. And I, yeah, so there's, I can't necessarily put a time on it, but it's going to be relatively soon. So we're going to see regular up updates probably, I, I can't we could probably say more after I meet with them next week, but at least every couple of weeks we should be seeing some significant improvements. So you will see leaderboards. It will be reformatted to be a bit more friendly um, and more features are going to be added as we go on. But it definitely is a beta, not a Facebook game beta. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's great. We've seen some fantastic work done on some of the fan sites. Uh, and then you, you look at the, at the corporate site and you're like, oh, man, some of these fan sites have really done some really cool stuff with this. Yes. Uh, and you've got to wonder. You know, what, I, I think the, fans, the, the, the corporate site, it looks fantastic. I, I really do like the look and feel of it. Uh, but the data within it is just mm, – it's not presented in a way that's easy to consume as a player. Exactly. And this is something that, you know, even on day one, um, 
to get it to launch, we sort of made a choice that as a company that it isn't where we want it to be, which is why it's called a beta um, as well, clearly. Um, and that there, it's got a long way to go. And the team recognizes that um, they're learning uh, at the same time as well, uh, given that the site's been changed relatively recently. Um, and that has its challenges also. Um, security is another concern. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, there's a bunch of issues. Like there's definitely some. We want to protect people and their alts um, where they want them protected, um, and there's other features that we want to make sure are, we're pretty well baked before we continue on. But with that, like I said, um, leaderboards and better uh, improved li- layout um, comparisons, all that kind of stuff is definitely going to be improved. Okay, cool. Because I think a lot of players have been waiting for it. We know. It has mm-hmm. it had a history, or and yes. it still does have that history. And so um, the the conspiracy theories are out there. Is this just is, is it here we go again mode type? In no, the, no, right. no, no, no. We're absolutely committed to it. Um, and to to be fair to the team, uh, there it's a relatively small team doing a a vast number of sites for the company, and they're also chasing. Um, all the updates uh, that we do as well, just in content. Um, so, you know, it's it's a huge juggling act for them. But at least at this point now, we know what the priorities are and we'll be m- moving forward. And, and to that end, it's probably a good idea at this point um, to add uh, something in the forums uh, to see what people, what, what people most want to get out of it. Um, so we can at least prioritize uh, what we're releasing with as we go forward. Well, I'll tell you, my personal one would be. I was going to say, like, I'm sure you. We'll get your list. <laughs> I want to. I want to show myself off. I, I, right. There's a lot of things I'm not good at, and the few that I am is like like <laughs> killing satyrs, and I need to show that off. <laughs> uh, no, that's a good point. Yeah. Email uh, me that. <laughs> all right, we'll do. Uh, the next question I had was on the in-game polls. Uh, mm-hmm. We've. I think we'll, all the players have been excited to see these come into game. We, you know, finally have a direct way to 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 give feedback. Uh, and we're happy to see that some of the results have been reported, but uh, the reports have been very limited and pretty uh, vaguely worded. And uh, what I and the the rest of my tinfoil hat brigade, uh, <laughs> we're immediately thinking the worst. You know, what we're hoping for is the numbers, pie chart results. Uh, any right. chance we'll see that sort of thing or will it forever be in prose? Like when you think it, what, what's the worst well, um, tinfoil hat tell yeah, my, my tinfoil hat tells me they asked me they asked me about recently about uh, uh, the power items in game and whether or not yes. I like them. Yes. Uh, and uh, I, I don't think it would be a stretch for a lot of people to imagine that Dell voted no on everything. <laughs> uh, that's just I, I don't care for them. So uh, and while I understand their polls and not binding referendum questions. Right. When we when when if they if they if the majority of the players do say yes we want them and they are brought back well I will say Haha, well that's not the way I voted so and uh, that's not the way the five people I asked voted right uh, you know because that's my sampling size uh, I, I'd like to see the real numbers to say when we see things like yes this is what you players you the royal you players want uh, to, to back it up right yeah I know that's that's yeah so uh, the polls. Uh, in some cases, so just to f- frame it up, the poll in and of itself, um, it's not, I don't want to be crass and say it's not a community tool. It's 
a tool for the business as well as gauging um, what we're doing and hopefully improving based on what hopefully, you know, if it spins that way or not spins, <laughs> if the actual results come out that way, <clears throat> we want to do um, what the, the majority want. Um, so in some cases, uh, there's going to be some it's, – it's competitive data. Right. In some cases uh, that we wouldn't want to share publicly because we wouldn't want our competitors to get insight into specifics of our player base. Um, not necessarily. And I don't want to be too tinfoil hat about that either. Fair enough. Um, well, that's, but, I'll be honest. That's something I didn't necessarily think of. So and I yeah, I mean, this is um, in addition to the poll, um, our team has spent um, some time recently, uh, we're doing a lot more data capture so we know what you are and aren't doing and what players are and are not doing and um, you, so we can get a better idea of what's going well um, and and work more towards that and as well identify points where there's problems um, and really move forward on correcting that or moving in different directions. So um, we're not just going to be guessing, which is, you know, not always been the habit or the tendency. Um, but our goal is to, to try and read as best we can um, what the players are doing. Um, Sometimes I think, you know, historically and we still always will look at the forums, but the forums doesn't necessarily represent all of our players. Um, for the actual, um, for this, the in in some polls as detailed and potentially controversial as um, the power items, um, this one I can tell you we probably will post in in some relative detail, probably not specific numbers like how many responded, etc. Um, but we'll probably give you the general percentage breakout um, because we feel that's something um, that is highly controversial. And if we did make a change uh, based on that, we would want to, to share that this is generally something that the community um, was either for or against, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't certainly say that and is going to be the, it's going to be um, on a case by case basis um, what we share with the community. For the example, the trade skill poll, that was for, that was actually a poll designed for us to get a better read on how the actual design of trade skills is going, um, where we can improve um, what people enjoy and what they don't. Um, and it's funny, um, you'll probably see, it's probably going to be a couple of weeks um, before we uh, we talk about the results of the power items. In some cases, like the trade skill poll, the results that we're seeing are um, in terms of in favor um, or against or how something is used. In, in that particular case, there were really no surprises, um, but we certainly would take action on some of those uh, results. Uh, in order to make our designs better and provide better content. Um, In a case where, uh, and I don't want to necessarily derail what we'd be saying with the poll uh, for the power items, um, because there's, I will say in general, we were kind of a little bit surprised by the results. And that's one of those cases where, and we're not necessarily sure in how many cases this might um, happen, where what you expect on the forums and what's general um, water cooler discussion, uh, because of course, as players, we have our opinions too. 
in some cases, there's going to be some surprises. Uh, and for that one, we were a little bit surprised. Nothing totally unexpected, um, but it was a little surprising. Um, and you'll see that in the next couple of weeks. And it's certainly nothing. Uh, I don't think there's and I don't want to I don't we don't ever want to be in a situation where we use the poll to create to do anything in the game that we know is by and large unpopular. That's not, we would never want to, to use the poll to justify what the general, general community by and large feels is a bad decision um, and may frustrate them as they play the game or diminish the value of the game to them. um, If that makes sense. Yeah. It's a very, it's, uh, this is coming off very convoluted because um, the poll is really designed for us to just get a, get better data on what's going on in the in the designs we have, what players prefer, and we're probably going to do more detailed ones. Um, so probably in the next few weeks, um, we'll do a follow up um, poll on power items to dive a little deeper. Um, in because I I think there was there's probably some ambiguity in, in some of the questions and they could have been answered in a bit more de- or sorry, the, the questions could have been posed in a bit more detail to give us more detailed results. Um, so we're probably going to do that too. So I don't want anyone to worry that something's coming or um, that we're using the poll to do something that most people might feel is grossly unpopular. Um, so I'm basically saying to you, Delmon, that where you said no in every case, <laughs> and you're probably freaking out right now. Um, I don't want you to worry. <laughs> no problem. I, I, I and my eight alts all all voted, voted no. Uh, but you know, uh, I, and I should say that too, that because we we understand that there's a lot of passion around the issue of using power items, especially at the high end of the game in groups and in raids. Um, we don't want to offer necessarily an opportunity for for easy mode and in a group and raid situation it's a social environment and we want people to play the way they want to play and not feel like there's some enforcement Mm -hmm. um by the use of i suppose it does happen in some cases anyway but um yeah this is really this subject in particular is a, a bit tricky so as you said, you know, where people are really passionate about voting on the poll, and we do understand um, that every alt on an account um, gets an email, as much as it may upset some people who may have hoped they added eight votes, um, only your first uh, account vote counts. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. So um, as much as you may have wanted every character in your... Oh, see? So I logged them all in for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and That's I good to know. we probably need to post that to be a bit more clear uh because yeah we were we had expected that some people would probably for some more controversial stuff mm-hmm. try and swing the vote as it were absolutely absolutely i know that was I, absolutely yes yes uh, no <laughs> doubt about it but what you said there was kind of interesting and something that i didn't think of was you know this is a this is a poll and there's nothing to say that the results from that might not spawn another poll to uh, either dive deeper, uh, maybe get better clarification on question three, for example. You know, maybe we weren't really sure if we got what we really were looking for, if people understood what we were asking. So let's do a whole poll about question three or something and, and, get, and gather more data. Exactly. And, and especially where we want to make sure we have the details where it's something potentially controversial or that requires that level of detail. So um, for example, 
where we asked, um, you know, would you use a power item um, in a group or a raid? Those are very two different things. Or sorry, those are very different situations. Mm -hmm. So we'd probably want to ask a bit more detail on that, maybe define the items a little differently. Um, So, uh, and I'd been talking, Dave and I had talked about it in a little bit of detail that we, you know, we wanted to follow up a little bit because um, like we said, given it's a bit controversial, we wanted to at least um, make sure that, you know, not that I don't want to say we're necessarily acting on it. We asked the question because we know it's controversial um, and we wanted to see where the community felt on it, given that um, on the Freeport server, obviously, those items generally existed. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if that it's, I know it's a really convoluted answer because I don't, certainly don't want to um, give the impression that we're going to act on every poll we do. Um, that's certainly not the case. Sometimes we're just gauging for the purposes of the business, for the purposes of design improvement, for the purposes of getting a read in general on what the community enjoys and doesn't. Um, it's, it's got a vast number of purposes for us. Um, and like I said, um, you know, we'll, where we feel it's appropriate and helpful, we'll post the specific results. And in some cases, um, just as I said, for the competitive uh, reasoning that we in some cases won't. Mm-hmm. I got to say that I give Smoke Jumper all the credit in the world because I would have thought uh, about asking controversial questions. He would have uh, learned his lesson with the Insta90 question that he floated on the forums <laughs> one day. Uh, but if he if he wants to come back for a, a, another swing at it, uh, uh, more power to him. I got to give him credit for that. I would have thought he would have been frightened off by that first one. No, he's not afraid of anything. And I think one of the other things, too, is – and and as i said earlier historically we'll look at we do look at the forums as you know a, a, a sort of a pulse of the community um and as i said what we're finding is the polls don't necessarily reflect the same what we feel i mean it's hard to say on a, on the forums what the percentage is of responses you know in a yay or nay mm-hmm. uh from a yay or nay perspective but if you, if we were to say you know a sixty forty response on the forums that we feel in general and the community helps the our community team rather helps us gather those kinds of results, um, what we see in in some of the polls is actually fairly different. Um, so it's been interesting for us just to see what the results come out in the polls. But again, even up till now, um, and including the power items poll, there's nothing super surprising. You know, there's nothing that certainly um, the conversations, as you said, you had, Dal, with um, you and yourself and your imaginary friend. Uh, <laughs> no, he's I'm real. Sure. I swear he's real. Snuffy <laughs> is real. I feel like, you know, in talking about this subject, I'm going to get myself in a ton of trouble. But um, <laughs> but I don't I, – I certainly don't want anyone to feel like we're we're setting the stage for, you know – selling a ton of power items, you know, I don't, uh, you know, across every possible situation um, because I know there's a a general sensibility out there that, or not general, there's some people that worry about what we will and won't sell. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Very mindful of it, by the way. It's not, we're not, we certainly don't plan to sell everything and, you know, we're being very careful and the team uh, of the and play, okay, like I said, we're all players too. Um, I would say that the team itself reflects the community 
almost perfectly in the concerns. Well, it certainly helps for me, at least to know that only your first vote counts, because I've been like for that first one, the trade skill one, I was answering for the particular character. I was thinking, okay, what do I do on this character? And answering the questions differently. That sounds so role play. Oh, stop. You're you're role play. (laughs) We honestly thought that that was a direction we considered going in that, you know, you could vote based on you know the activities you do with that character especially if it's a if it's a trade skill focused character or you know um a role play focused character or you know um but ultimately given that we felt some people might try and and I don't want to some people might want to try and very in in their passion about the game um swing a vote there like, was no try we were trying to I was absolutely <laughs> doing it absolutely, or thought I was there was right. no try yeah. So um, it's and I'm sure you can appreciate for the for the results. It's mm-hmm. probably best that that doesn't happen. I agree. I, I think you I, and I was surprised that they allowed that initially. Right. And, and now that we know that it's, you know, the, the mechanics behind it to prevent the, that skewing of the data. Right. Uh, and I honestly, we have been looking at ways where we could just provide one email um, but there's some technical challenges with that. Otherwise, that definitely would have been our preference that the first character you logged on with when the poll was active would be the only one to receive it. But um, And we're still looking at it. We may try and, and fix that issue because we know it's a bit of a hassle. So turning our attention to Game Update 63 in a little bit more detail, can you talk about the decision to increase the level cap by two? People are kind of curious. Two seems like a funny number. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, yes, two is definitely in and of itself um, a weird number um, when you're talking about a level increase. But there are there's a purpose behind it. It did have it has a a wider, broader purpose. And that is um, currently in the game, uh, a level 90 means a vast, uh, vast number of different things um, based when you're talking about player power. Uh, So virtually from the perspective of um, the AAs that person has earned. Um, So with level 92, at least going from level 90 um, to 91, with the with a requirement of having 280 AAs, everyone is going to know um, at least from here on out uh, what being post level 90 means in power. So even for example, in looking for groups, um, there isn't there. Hopefully, we're hoping there isn't going to be a situation where. Um, that has occurred currently and in the past where some, a player isn't perceived as powerful enough to be in a group. And it's just a bit of a caustic social situation um, that was created previously. Certainly there's going to be broad gaps in gear. Um, for example, if a you know fully geared plane of war um, level 92 is going to be a little bit different, but it's not as vast a gap um, as, as exists now uh, with the level 90s. We use two because obviously... We didn't want to take it too far in a game update 
Um, also, we wanted to open up some previous content um, to make it a little bit easier to do in Velius, for example. Um, even those two levels is going to make um, some of the previous encounters a bit easier to do, and that carries through also even, even into Plane of War so, uh, and Render. I hope that makes sense that, yes, two is an odd number, but we wanted to get to a place where we can look at power post-90 uh, and be able to have really tightly balanced encounters and events that accommodate a very reasonable base power, um, whereas before we're trying to accommodate, or the design team rather, is trying to accommodate such a, a vast difference um, in player power. Um, so now, you know, the team's really excited, obviously, and in, in where it's going to take the game now and in the future and is the foundation for us for the future so that we can do more intelligently designed events based around what we know in general the players have um, in their tool set. The first thing I thought of when you when you talked about tightly balanced events was public quests. Is, okay. that, is that something? There is coming. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's another perfect that's another example where we can be where where we should see improvements in not just in the design if that makes sense mm-hmm. i don't want to say too much because mm-hmm. there is stuff coming okay <laughs> i'm not supposed to talk about it yet Ooh, um, okay they, yeah so i i don't want that to be a, a you know i don't want that to go off the rails into something in a great expectation but um <laughs> but you know i as i kinos is coming mm-hmm. so um yeah, but that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, but when you're when you're talking about, you know, now a ninety-two will at least be uh, two hundred eighty-one AAs, and you can design content around that, knowing that these are the the most likely skills, or, or let me rephrase, the most likely uh, mechanics or metrics that they have or attributes. Mm-hmm. Where, how do you factor in skill into that? Because um, I'll be honest, I have a level nine, you know, ninety-two Templar, or I will. With, with all his AAs and all his prestige and all that, uh, he is a far cry from the 90-plus uh, troubadour that I'll have who's still running around with apprentice ones and uh, treasured gear that he got off of drops. Right. Um, and I have – so gear being one thing, but uh, I could be a very skillful troubadour knowing my class and knowing my, my uh, abilities and when best to push that button and when not to push it. Mm-hmm. Um, how does that factor in or how does the team – Use that in, in understanding that, you know, like when Ellie was saying their public quests, uh, there's a wide variety of players wh- who come together for that. There's the yes. button matchers and the I know what I'm doing all the time type players. Right. Um, and certainly, you know, there's uh, I don't want to say too much about the public quest thing because, again, that that is that is the nature of public quests. Right. Right. So um, but it doesn't. Let me start with the first part of your question. So, as I said earlier, part of what the team has been doing uh, in the past few months is, you know, we've been discussing fairly regularly and at length about where we should be taking a request to. Um, what's the vision for the game that we can all rally behind um, and that we can reinforce with the players, um, not just in communicating, but also with the kinds of events and content that we're making. Um, and part of that is getting getting to the heart of what we are in a, in a market of many MMOs that are high fantasy in general. Um, 
and we feel like EverQuest 2 is a game for gamers. It's a game for people who understand high fantasy, probably know a bit of the roots where they understand, you know, where the source of stats come from. Um, we don't necessarily want to talk about specific pen and paper type games, but you can imagine where I'm going with that. Sure. So it's a relative, we like, and it, this is probably, I call it, well, okay, I'm bragging, but, and I even behalf on the players, I would say that we've got a pretty intelligent player base. Um, they understand that the development of their character is almost a secondary game to the, well, it is a secondary game to the game they're playing out in the world. Um, you design your character in the loot that you acquire um, and everything you do with your character. You can choose to excel or not um, and be the best you can be or not, um, but we're always going to have challenges in the game for those people who um, take the time and effort to excel at their class. So, for example, um, even in GU63, uh, we will be having challenge modes in some of the heroic content. So, obviously, a button pusher... Um, well, even in a heroic content, I would say somebody who doesn't know their class is probably not going to be very successful. But in a challenge mode, if you don't know your class and if you don't excel, you won't survive it. Um, so we're always going to call and I hate to say that people who, I don't want to imply that people who are casual players aren't skilled. I don't necessarily think that's the right association, but people who don't want to necessarily get involved in min-maxing their character or how they trigger their spells or what spells they use, we will always have a level of content for those players. And I think that's natural, but I don't think that that necessarily is super easy content. Does that make sense? It, it, it does. It does. And certainly, uh, you're right. The, you know, some folks uh, don't want to uh, know all the ins and outs and just want to, you know, hit the, hit the up arrow key and fight type of right. thing and, and, and exactly. win. Uh, what I think is a challenge though is, uh, and this may be my perception, and it may be a very poor perception, but it is mine, I guess. Uh, sometimes I feel that the players who like to play that way, though, uh, expect to be rewarded as if they are the min-maxers. And uh, I find that frustrating because I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to learn all I can. And to be honest, that's why I only have one character. I, I'm only good at one, and I want to be the best I can at one. Uh, Yes. And we want to absolutely encourage that while not, you know, like I said, um, you and probably a strong group, um, even if they're nine, anyone who's, I would at least expect that somebody who's gotten to 92 and my hope is, um, and if they, I would, I would hope there isn't going to be the same level of discrimination that has happened in the past. Um, And that's another, the social issue is a a bit of a separate issue. Um, And I'm sure you understand what I mean by the social issue about how um, groups are formed, at least casual groups. I think um, probably in your case, you have a pretty, pretty regular uh, group that, that you play with that could accommodate, uh, or not accommodate, but survive and win in a challenge mode um, where you get certainly get the rewards for being skilled in your class. I just, um, yeah. Well, you're go- I'll be honest, you're going out on a limb to think that I have friends who want to group with me. So. I-, I was going to uh, say, like, God, I hope so. Uh, <laughs> or no, but I-, I know exactly where you're coming from in that. And I think, you know, previously, you know, it was, uh, I'm le- it got away from I'm level 90 and I have this many AAs to I have this critment. 
because mm-hmm. Christmas right. became this this are you this tall to ride the ride type thing. Yes. Uh, without it, you're you're instant dead and of no value. Uh, and that kind of to me. Uh, was disappointing. While I think that was a good mechanic, I did do think it went a little overboard. But it, it nobody asked, "Are you a good player?" It was, "Tell me your crit mid, and then I will do, I will then assume whether or not you're good or bad based right. on a, on a number, uh, mm-hmm. some form of uh, dare I say gear score type thing." And I and I hate that myself. Yes. But uh, and that's what I'm fearful of the removing uh, the removing of of, of skill uh, and and the heavily the heavy emphasis on. Uh, attributes and gear and mechanics to win as opposed to, uh, as Allie likes to say, knowing your class and being good at it. Yeah, and I think, um, I guess the short answer is we want to be rewarding people better um, who are skilled at their class and take the time and put the investment in to know and understand the class and how to play the game well. So challenge modes are an example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got what we call small group zones. So, so in Sky Shrine, while we call some of the zones solo, um, they could be considered small group or yourself and a mercenary. Um, and the challenge, the challenges to get through there will be appropriate um, because it's not, uh, it's not easy to accomplish. Um, Heroic is the same thing. So I guess what I'm trying to say is we're always going to be putting levels of design in the game that are specifically for people who are are knowledgeable in their class, knowledgeable about the game, um, and certainly play, want to play to win and be rewarded for that. We're, we're, we will continue to support that and, and I hope um, support it as broadly as we can so that skill is definitely rewarded. And I think um, I'd be interested to see what your thoughts are from GU63 because I think as much as we've tried to accommodate, um, you know, pl- the player way idea, which I know sounds a bit glib, but I'd like to see your opinion when you get in there, mm-hmm. um, when you do the heroic content or something that is considered advanced solo, if you feel like, yeah, I was rewarded for being skilled. And if you feel like um, certainly somebody who hasn't, doesn't necessarily know their class as well um, may have a little difficulty in getting the same results and rewards that you do. Yeah, well, that's interesting because it kind of actually leads into my very next question. You know, we've heard coming with with GU sixty three uh, the play your way kind of that there'll be play for all types of, of styles: solo, duo, trade skill, rating, grouping, whatnot. Um, when you're making these contents, though, how do you avoid trivializing the rewards from one play style for players from a higher play style for, as an example say a, a person who's raiding drunder today there's no reward for them in heroic content like tower of frozen shadow uh, so there's no desirability to to go back there they've they've won the loot chase for example uh to say uh, that there's nothing in there that would trump any of the gear that they have so uh they don't want to go back and therefore they they don't go back right um and i think you've hit the nail on the head as one of the the greatest challenges and the nature of MMOs in general, at least MMORPGs, where if you are at at the elite level and you're in Drender and eventually you go through Plane of War, you certainly, I would not expect that you would go to Tower of Frozen Shadow and find anything (laughs) that would be at your level uh, and certainly your level of skill and play once you've completed that content. 
Um, so we don't necessarily expect you to go back. Uh, but that's why we continue to add new content and new challenges uh, to, for specifically for people like you. And, and as we say, more to play your way. We want everyone to have fun and not just have fun, but have challenges and appropriate rewards for those challenges. Um, but as the earlier, as you asked in your earlier question about the difficulty in, in uh, Drender and, and breaking into Plane of War and even completing Plane of War, the difficulty is such that, uh, and the time investment is such that um, I don't think it would be appropriate for you to have to go back to, to Tower of Frozen Shadows to get something that it seems like an appropriate reward because you've killed a god, for goodness sake. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And you've taken a lot of time and investment and certainly a lot of skill um, to do it. Um, and, it, yeah, I, I w- it, yeah, it's w- one of the challenges we have is we always – we've got to keep making sure that we provide challenges for people like you. And Plane of War uh, is going to be the standard for, you know, a little bit of time to come here. Okay. You're not going to be seeing, you know, replacements to that loot anytime too soon. So I will be able to carry some of that stuff that I am maybe wearing today. When I get to Sky Shrine, I'll be looking at it going, well, maybe I'll keep what I have because it might oh, be better. Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. But yeah. Allie, did you hear she called us elite? Uh, yeah. <laughs> did I? She did. Dang she it. said, people elite like you. And I'm like, <laughs> I did? Oh, <laughs> too much coffee. He likes putting words in people's mouths, too. So. Oh, she said elite. I heard it. Now, yeah. maybe she and wasn't if, if talking she about me, but yeah. she said elite. <laughs> And if she didn't, you'll insert it later. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so on the lighter side, um, we've heard that there are five new mounts available uh, in 63 um, from Adventure Quests. And I understand that's a Drake mount with different appearances. Is that right? That's right. And is that is it a flying mount? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I have to say this whole mount thing for me is a double-edged sword. I really enjoy all the mounts and I have this issue with this collect them all mentality. So uh, my mount tab is overflowing. I have oh, all okay. these I have nowhere to put them. <laughs> uh-huh. And I would absolutely be thrilled to see an expanded mount tab. I no, that's a great idea. That is. Yeah, no, we actually talked about that, I think, in the last week or so, because we realize now that we've added a significant number that it's probably we need to grow the tab. So, yeah, yeah, we're definitely looking into that. My house and my bank, thank you. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Certainly. Going forward, it sounds like we're going to start to get more of the storyline through different play styles, solo, group, heroic, and uh, as opposed to where it's mostly been in the raid. Uh, the the end story seems to culminate with a raid. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Is that to try to bring it more to more to more players? It, yeah, I mean that's definitely the primary goal. Is that we have these massive, um, really high level story arcs um, that you know historically uh, it seemed that only uh, the most I don't want to say most powerful raiding guilds, but you can call us elite. Ultimate, that's okay. You know, right? <laughs> Again, dang it. Um, but those were the only people exposed to that kind of content. And a lot of the time that that content delivers a fair amount of immersion. They're interesting scripted events. And they do add a lot of value to the player. Um, you can probably think of, a, of many examples 
um, even for single player games where when you get to the end game, you want to be able to see, you know, the fancy cinematic and the ultimate result. And we felt like it was getting a bit spread too thin. Um, and also the broader story doesn't necessarily get to, we don't want to necessarily say the average player because the storyline events in GU63 will be challenging to get to. Um, and I believe the actual uh, end game event uh, for uh, the game update um, is in heroic and raid content. But we at least wanted to bring it to the group level. Um, it won't be available in the, at the solo level, or the, rather advanced solo. Um, but it is for that reason, because the you know especially the designers and the team um, do a lot of work to do these really amazing scripted events with you know awesome audio and VO. And it certainly makes a big impact on the player because, well, you've seen plenty of them yourself, I'm sure. They are pretty uh, awe-inspiring when you're there um, with the booming voices um, and the NPCs, the scripted NPCs. So we want to spread that around a little bit uh, and get more people involved in the story and being able to see either the resolutions or key plot points. Yeah, I can actually share an experience. Uh, It happened at Fanfare. Uh, a little while back, it was in the Sentinel's Fate timeline. Um, somebody was up on stage, and they were talking about uh, the the end uh, encounter with Rowan Thier. Uh, you kill him, he drops the swords, and in comes Carafirm, and he grabs the swords. And I happened to be sitting next to a, a member of the team, and I said, gee, I've killed Rowan Thier, and I don't remember seeing that. And and he leaned over, and he said, well, that only happens when you kill the four uh uh, oh, for Thier, uh, for uh, what you call it, Rune. Uh, Rune. Thank you, thank you. Couldn't think of the word there. For Rune Thier, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh well, that makes a lot of sense. That's the end of the story. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, to this day, I've never killed for Rune Thier. Mm-hmm. I've only you know done a few of them, and uh, now that it's kind of older content, folks are not going back there. But I'm like, that makes a lot of sense, and I can see what you're talking about here. Is the only people who would see that were let's mm-hmm. use the term again, the super elite raiders, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and they were the only ones who, who did get to see that story, and there were probably at that point uh, very few who who had killed him, uh, and even you know not too many therefore after did did kill him. So a lot of players never got that. Uh, why yeah. the whole sword mm-hmm. dropping business and who grabbed them and all? Oh, now it all makes sense. Well, not many players actually got to see that, uh, and I don't even really know if there was a movie or whatever that, that showed it, or if it was just uh, NPC interaction after the fight. But that's oh, what you, you know. Don't br- have cinematics yet? Yeah, bringing that, so. bringing that to uh, uh, average Joe player who necessarily isn't involved in that content and f- and completing the story for him. Right, and it's it's um, you know we do talk about um, the ages end prophecy quite a bit, um, and the, and it's the fact that yes, we're doing a game update, um, and there's certainly a lot of content in it, but all of this, um, you know, in the withered land and in sky shrine and anything we do in the future um, related to Velius, this is about storytelling ultimately. And until we actually bring that story down um, to a level where as many people as possible can experience it, it just becomes, it's not even, you know, a bullet point, uh, not that we have boxes anymore, but do you know what I mean? It's almost like a bullet point on a box. No one's really invested in it because they've never been able to get up close to that level of the story mm-hmm. and kill the big baddie of of that either expansion or game update. Um, and it makes it feel a bit more less less meaningful because you don't you're not in that you know, again, elite pool of people mm-hmm. um, who've, 
you know, put, you know, extreme, not that, again, the rewards are certainly um, appropriate uh, at all levels who experience it. Um, and we don't want to trivialize these, you know, crazy end events. Um, but some of them literally are really summary dialogues and conversations or actions between NPCs. But they're, you know, again, like I said, there's a lot of love and detail put into them. Um, and in GU63 also, and I think for anyone, um, like as you just said, Dell, it's a shame when it doesn't get to your level. Right. I mean, right. it becomes meaningless. Yeah. And, and, you know, as much as there is the loot chase of the breastplate, the helmet, or the sword, or whatever, uh, to some degree, the story is part of the reward, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you, you want those elite to, to have the opportunity to, to kill the god and, and, you know, and take their screenshots. But you do want that story to get to everybody because uh, development time went into that story. And it's a shame that the, the proverbial 1% of 1% were the only ones who necessarily got to see it. Yes. Yeah. And as much as possible, we're going to, again, not trivialize it. Um, you certainly don't want to be in a situation where really powerful characters um, can be done solo mm-hmm. um, or maybe someday. Um, but, uh, yeah, we certainly don't want to trivialize it and make sure that everyone at least gets um, the primary p- plot points um, enough so that it's meaningful to them. And then doing um, when the next um, update comes out, just by the nature of the events and having understood what happened previously, going through it will feel probably natural and a progression of the story instead of just going to kill more NPCs to get loot, hopefully. I mean, my background comes from doing content and and lore on EQ, so um, figuring out any way I can to, and I don't want to make it sound like this was my idea. Um, Certainly it was the design team, um, who who believe strongly in this, but I think we all do, in that um, this is a role playing game, um, and we as much as and in any way we can find um, innovative or classic um, to bring the story to players that make it meaningful um, beyond reading text. Um, my philosophy has always been a, a show don't tell philosophy, um, and the team currently supports that. Um, and certainly, a lot of the content in Sky Shrine and Withered Lands supports that. Um, they've done quite a bit of detail work um, and really pushed themselves on this one to try and make what's happening in your environment mean a little more um, and have a lot more context rather than you know a group of NPCs just you know. Uh, waiting to get "quote unquote" punched in the face, <laughs> and have it there, and have their stuff taken. <laughs> yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I, sorry, that was a, a long and convoluted answer, but you know, we want it's like I said, we're supposed to be a role playing game, and and as difficult as it is, you know, we have no illusions about um, probably the percentage of people who read quest text. Um, but we're going to do everything we can to make everything palatable and meaningful and enjoyable um, and, and mean uh, certainly to make the story apparent and feel immersive. And I think you'll probably see a lot more of that as we go on. Well, the like goal the is sound. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Allie. But That's okay. um, I meant to say, too, that, you know, the team. Uh, the, yeah, I, even with Freeport, um, you probably 
if you played through the content there, um, there was a bit more of a crafted feel um, to that depth of content. We're going to continue doing that, obviously, in Kinos um, and continuing on uh, to to make it again the as much as we can to show, not tell. Yeah, I like the sound of that uh, philosophy. Um, I'm a click throughher on the quest text. I feel really guilty about it, but no, I am too. Um, and that's the worst thing I could possibly say as a lore person. <laughs> it's terrible. I'm a you reader. Know? I'll admit I'm a reader. Yes, yes. And, that's uh, fantastic. But that's you know, great. although I will say, you know, the, the one thing that does frustrate me, uh, frustrate me about that though, is, you know, you're in a, you're in a group who, and I'm the, I'm one of six and I'm the reader. And they're already in, and worse, the healer. So they're off killing the mob, and I'm in the corner clicking, reading. reading, reading both options, you know, <laughs> to see which one I want. And then, okay, yeah, I like the top one. I'll say that to him. Uh, meanwhile, I'm watching their health bars go down, and I'm still trying to get my quest update because I want to read why this guy wants me to kill ten rats while right. my group is off dying to those rats. Right. So. And now I you know do. why he doesn't have any friends. Yeah. Right. That's why I don't have any of these elite groups that people talk about. <laughs> It's like the guy doesn't heal anything. He just runs. Um, that's uh, and y- when I say that I'm a click through, I definitely do, and I kind of get to my area and I'll read the quest then. But I would, I think, you know, we'd all love to even make the the walkthrough of the quest easy to consume and to have. I know, it, I know, it, when the game was first made, the team definitely wanted the responses that you gave to mean something, mm-hmm. um, and I just. You know, obviously that's not the case. Um, but, uh, you know, we're always looking at ideas and how – not that we, we don't necessarily want to force people to read quest text. I don't think that's necessarily the answer either. Um, but we're always looking at new ideas, um, new design ideas to, to move that along um, as much as we want to do the show, don't tell. We certainly want to make sure that we're – continuing to add a level of depth of lore and detail in the game um, to support people who are interested in it. So, you know, continuing to add books and detail um, and supporting quest lines. So um, even in, in uh, GU63, um, the trade skill quest line is, is supportive of the storyline. So it has its own unique content um, that, you know, only a trade skiller doing those quests will get. And hopefully there'll be, you don't want to necessarily be naive, but we're hoping they're sharing information um, and supporting the story um, as they go through that content. So we're gonna we're always gonna try things here and there to see what we can can do to to make it more immersive and make the story mean more. I'd love to actually get the quest text down to to tweet lengths, <laughs> you know, at least per per box mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but anyway it, that's not necessarily my call <laughs> i'm sure it, i'm sure keel or lindro would be staring daggers at me right now <laughs> so you mentioned yeah, I'm sure you get what i mean right yes definitely. yeah i mean I, my it, it, yeah as i said the team goal is let's yeah I, i'll probably just keep repeating show don't tell mm-hmm. uh, from here until the end of time you mentioned trade skill, the trade skills uh, quest series, mm-hmm. and um, from watching the webcast, it it sounds like the new trade skill apprentices are going to be coming from the adventure quest line. So, and I guess uh, my my question for that is, uh, what about thought toward people who are pure trade skillers? 
that that kind of pushes them to have to buy the required elements. Uh, is this sort of swinging things back the other direction in terms of uh, requiring kind of an interdependency between adventuring and trade skilling? Um, not not necessarily. I mean, obviously, in part, that's true, but um, there was some practical realities of doing um, a, a game update that's really 90 plus to be able to offer a line for a pure uh, trade skiller who might be very low level, um, which we I think the standard would have been to allow that. Um, it's not realistic. Um, mm-hmm. So that said, we are looking at more interdependency where we feel it makes the most sense. So for these particular apprentices, I know one is available in the Withered Lands. Um, the other is uh, dungeon content, or as, sorry, rather a, a reward um, as a result of one of the quest lines in, in Sky Shrine, but it does obviously include a dungeon. Um, not obviously, but it does. Um, so, yeah, I don't necessarily want to say that we're swinging one way or the other, but I think it's it, it would it's the team is taking a good approach in that they want a balance where it makes sense, where you would expect trade skillers to have interdependent interdependencies on each other, as well as on adventurers, um, especially when you're getting into um, like I don't want to necessarily give too much away, um, but where where the items seem appropriate, where that might have to happen. Does okay. that make sense? It does make sense. Yeah. So not necessarily an overarching push toward interdependency, but more of a as-needed basis. And a balance, too. And I think, you know, you can appreciate um, with the high level of this update um, that offering, you know, an option to, to a trade skiller who could be very low level, we felt could have negatively impacted the experience overall, if that makes sense. Okay. Because there's a lot of considerations that have to be made in that case, even if we're talking about the just getting down to the brass tacks of harvesting. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So there was just, it felt like we didn't want to restrict it either. So I know I'm mixing uh, some elements here. You were asking about the trade skill apprentices specifically. Um, those will obviously, those are tradable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even in terms of offering an experience for trade skillers from end to end um, in any content we release um, that could be done by a low level, um, as, I, yeah, as I've said, not realistic for this release. Um, but we're certainly not going to ignore that in the future. Um, anytime we want to revamp an area, let's say, mm-hmm. um, we would always want to be looking carefully at what could be completely independently done versus what requires interdependency. And I think you understand what I'm saying. I don't necessarily want to be vague. I just mm-hmm. don't also want to make a statement that that locks a deti- the design team into um, creating dependencies where that's not necessarily always going to be the case. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That was so convoluted. No, that's I think- fine. I, I, think, <laughs> I, think we, I think we understand. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, there's... I think um, at least in in this update, I feel like the team did 
focus on offering some really good content for trade skillers. There certainly is a fair amount of it um, in terms of recipes overall. Um, and the quality of those recipes are pretty darn awesome, in my opinion. I hope they feel the same way. And then also the option of additional trade skill apprentices so soon after an expansion. Um, we're certainly going to continue supporting that. Um, I think there may have been um, an impression or at least rumor or sentiment that as a team, the EQ development team had gone away from paying any real attention to trade skillers. Um, and we just want to say at this time, even with GU63 and moving forward, that is emphatically not the case. Um, we have dedicated people on this now. Um, and not that we didn't in the past. Of course, we did in the past. But um, there's a lot of dedication to it and making it meaningful. Uh, there's been some new terminology we've heard tossed around with Game Update 63 that's <laughs> a little confusing. Yes. Uh, we've heard prestige points, prestige talents, and and prestige classes. Uh, <laughs> can you explain a little bit about what those are, maybe what they aren't? Yes. Um, specifically last week, I, I was rambling uh, about the prestige points and the prestige abilities, and I blended a, a couple of uh, nouns together and came out with prestige classes. Um, and I believe somebody else may have mentioned it too. Um, we don't... It's a misnomer. Uh, ultimately, what we're trying to get across is um, prestige abilities for the classes. We don't want to give the impression that we're creating either another class or subclasses um, or anything of that nature, at least not in the near future. I'm certainly never going to say never, um, but that's not in our immediate plans. Um, what we intend to say is, so f for example, between 90... Um, and to 92, you earn five prestige points per level. Ultimately, you get one per mini ding. Those points are then spent in prestige abilities, and the classes have their own abilities. And there's five rows for the classes. So that's ultimately what the terminology comes down to. Um, and I just want to make sure we have a, you know, thanks for asking the question because I know I kind of made that slip in a webcast last week. And I just want to make sure that if, if it does come up again, um, that we're talking about it in the right way and that there's not um, some expectations um, that we're either not going to meet or <laughs> that, that um, might get uh, rolled into rumor and assumed as fact. So, yeah, I mean, w our future is be going to be based on these prestige abilities and we're going to continue moving forward and the team is really excited about it given that this is just the foundation obviously as as you asked earlier level 92 has not afforded us a huge opportunity to build it out yet so this is ultimately the foundation that will be the launch pad for what we do in the future um and uh, you know certainly with that there's going to be exciting stuff for each of the classes and as much as possible um We've got some really smart guys on the mechanics team and out on engineering that are looking at um, new abilities um, that are, you know, effectively going to make gameplay a little more interesting. And we're hoping the ones that 
come out with G63, at least the ones that have introduced some new mechanics for us, um, are going to be interesting and fun for players, like the reuse timers, um, etc. So, um, yeah, thanks for asking the question, because I felt like I made a bit of a slip last week, and it's a good chance to define it. So on Tuesday, there is no 26th class to level. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> the day after. <laughs> the and day after. No, and, definitely not. <laughs> exclusively available with prestige cash, right? <laughs> yeah, realm. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I better not let Dave hear that. Okay. No, I shouldn't say that about him either. <laughs> I do have one quick question about that. Um, You said that each cl- classes have their own abilities, uh, the prestige abilities. Mm-hmm. When you say classes, do you mean actual 24? 24- 25 classes have their own abilities or is it archetype or is it like, you know, scouts are broken up into rogue predator bard? Mostly archetype. Okay. So there's going to be four different sets. I need to look into it because I don't want to say anything incorrect. Okay. Because I know when we're talking about balancing, obviously naming changes, but they're done by archetype. Okay, that makes sense. So um, after the game update launches, what are your top three priorities or goals for EverQuest 2? I wish there were only a few. Uh, (laughs) We've got, we have such a huge list and we, I don't want to say that it's um, inexhaustive. I think we'll be able to get to, well, I think as priorities, we're going to get to all of them at some point. Um, Kinos is obviously our biggest priority, and that's coming this summer. Um, we're obviously examining the current storyline, what we're going to be doing with Age's End in the future, and making uh, plans for that. And of course, that you can um, take that to mean that there's going to be another expansion um, at some point. Um, and then, you know, we're, we're looking also into next year. So we've got huge content goals um, with Kinos. Kinos is even the early work we've seen so far um, into the rebuild. That's going to be two zones um, because it was enormous to begin with and we couldn't possibly fit it into one. Um, some of the, the work, the, the art team obviously is really, well, we all are excited um, just at the level of detail. Um, given that Kinos was so detailed to begin with, the changes are still cosmetic, but they're going to be in line with what you would expect for the current state of the storyline. So in an era where you're fighting aerial creatures and things, and that's part of the world order, um, they've done some nice stuff with, with the walls and the gates. And, and uh, yeah, it's looking and the vista from a distance. Um, it's still recognizable uh, as Kinos, certainly, but it's uh, it's very ornate in some areas and the detail um, at a distance is it's starting it's really looking incredible at that level um, from a content perspective you can expect to see what you saw um, in Freeport so it'll get the same level of attention and detail in the content which is exciting too um, it's a short timeline for us but the you know even with GU63 this team continues to outdo itself um, and as I said, the focus is as much as we can with show, not tell the story. So you'll probably see some interesting events in and around the city, somewhat like in Freeport. 
where people get thrown into the pit. Of I was going to say, are we going to see executions? I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Antonia. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so we're, that's obviously the immediate exciting thing. Um, a couple of other things, you know, like I said, PVP, we'll be talking about that relatively soon. Um, and as I uh, started, um, I think it was March, um, we're going to continue every month to put out um, at the beginning of the month a summary of what, they, what everyone can expect in the month to come as much as possible. So uh, last month, a couple of the items spilled over into April that were intended for March, um, like pathing is coming with the GU uh, update on Tuesday, um, that pathing update, um, and uh, also the timer reduction on, some, on the Velius dungeons was reduced to, to 90 minutes, but that came uh, quite a bit later uh, than March. I would think it just came out a couple weeks ago. So... Um, our intent is to stay on schedule within the month. So within that, uh, the priorities, we've got obviously the big, uh, pr- bigger priorities like Kinos, um, how we're going to continue and wrap up the story with Valius. Um, and then secondary to that, we've got, you know, our goals, as I said, you know, the coders are focused on game improvements uh, and fixes. So I'd like to expose at least what's coming in a month um, with some of those. Uh, so people know a little bit more behind the scenes, some of the stuff we're doing, because I know as much as we do put out patch notes, those don't necessarily get communicated. Um, and certainly those are sometimes the, the really high points. Um, so in some cases, we'd like to, I'd like to drill into a bit more detail so players know what's happening within the game itself and ultimately in the code. Uh, and there's certainly a lot of that happening. As I said, you know, we're adding data points um, so we can, you know, make better decisions. Um, there's a lot of stuff we can't talk about yet, but we will shortly. Um, another thing we're committed to looking at is battlegrounds. I think we're all, you know, uh, I think it's fair to say that it's not working well <laughs> or it's flat out broken. Um, and we need to pay some attention to it. Um, the matching is not what it should be. Um, and that's something we're, we're going to be looking into relatively soon here, hopefully in the next uh, month or two. Um, and then also uh, earlier, I think in January, we put um, a very um, basic version of play as your character in Dungeon Maker. We are now going to develop that idea a bit further. And probably within the next few months, we're going to add. Actually, we're going to launch that feature um, and see how that pans out. There's obviously a lot of stuff that needs to go into that, not just the the technical ability to do it, um, but some balance concerns and also rewards. Um, obviously, that's a big part of Dungeon Maker. So, um, yeah, those are our some. Those are the priorities. I'm I'm at least able to talk about without giving away too much on some and there's some exciting features coming up too now you slid in the word expansion very slyly <laughs> there so i need <laughs> the name the date the price and what do i get for pre-ordering right um yes and yes <laughs> okay yeah, yeah um yeah so we're aiming for end of this year can't really talk too much about it uh I can say probably overall, 
Um, we're not looking at a AOD type expansion, certainly not a feature expansion. Um, but beyond that, um, it's still obviously in its, its infant stages right now. Um, there will be, uh, or at least right now, the plan is that we will have some free content with it. As I said, you know, we may break, again, you know, we're still, things are a little bit fluid because we still want to make sure that we're advancing the Age's End uh, prophecy and that storyline with DOV. We don't want to leave too much time in between. So we may, you may see some smaller um, releases or we may package them together. Um, either way, um, the expansion's probably coming later this year. That's, that's very exciting. That's very interesting to hear. We're really excited about it. There is, yeah, it's really hard not to give anything away because <laughs> it's it's exciting. Um, but yeah, no, there's a it's yeah. Fair I enough. I can that the story. Uh, the other nice thing about it too is um, the commitment from the team in general. I mean, overall, the story. Uh, yeah, it's a good story, and it's not going to feel. It's going to feel well placed and well timed. So I'm sure people will come up with all kinds of theories as to what that means. I am contacting the tinfoil hat brigade as I speak, <laughs> and they are they are hard at work on conspiracy theories. <laughs> so we do have a couple of selfish questions, if we could. Sure, uh, Ali, why don't you go first with yours? Okay, um, I've heard from people who play EQ that they have a magic key ring. Yes, can we can we get one in EQ two? No, I think it's a great idea. I'll ask. I'll definitely ask. Okay. Because it's really, I mean, it's great that we can use our keys from the bank. I mean, that was the change that was made some time ago. Um, but they do still take up space. And it's just, we're getting so long in the tooth with the, the game and people have so much stuff. And of course, then, you know, that's less space for my mounts. All right. I was just going to say, yeah, <laughs> and we should never be doing that to you. So, um, no, I think it's actually, it's a really great idea. Um so, yeah, I'll take that to the team for sure. Uh, and my, my selfish question is is giant kill count. Uh, mm-hmm. Giants are a huge part of DOV, and they, they were the main protagonists for the storyline up to this point. Uh, is there any chance that these could be added as a kill count achievement? Uh, I mean, Because wouldn't it be cool to be Jack the Giant Slayer? Yeah, I'm surprised there isn't one. I am too, point. frankly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll I'll take that to the team. Yeah, I, that's, that seems like a silly um, exclusion. So, yes. Del's been asking everybody for that. I mean, he will stop the guy on the street and ask yes. for giant kill. Counts. Oh, is this is this the the humor part of it? Is this like the fifteenth time you've asked in a Probably. in an interview? Yeah, and you know, it's it's it's. That's the people I've ever approached have always said, yeah, that shouldn't be that hard to do. Right. It's just another row in a table type of thing in the database. And I'm like, then do it. Well, <laughs> what a, and how many cookies do I have to send to get this in there? Well, I haven't received any cookies. So. Oh, yeah. Now you're going to get a giant cookie in the mail. <laughs> a giant cookie shaped like a giant. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, no, uh, actually, given that you've raised a concern about bugs with the achievements overall, I think if we're going to be looking at them, this is probably an opportune time. Yeah, and, and I think, too, you know, as, as expansions, I mean, we saw uh, Sentinel's Fate, which was very Void-oriented and the whole Void storyline, as much as we all love to remember that one, right? <laughs> um, there, there were no Void kill, uh, kill count either. It just seems oh. that, that for, the, for a storyline, if there is a main bad guy who we have to kill a lot of, 
we should get credit for killing them along the way. Yeah, I'm really surprised. I mean, how can you do skeletons and not giants? Exactly, exactly. So, right. Uh, that brings us to our, our last question and, and frankly, our, our most important question. Uh, mm-hmm. And we ask all our guests this question, uh, ham or bacon? There's, there's really no choice there. It's bacon, obviously. Wow. All right. Uh, what kind of person eats ham over bacon? <laughs> I, I, I have been arguing for a long time that that question is skewed because it does not include sausage. It's uh, still. Because I'm a sausage, egg, and cheese kind of guy. That's what I got to get on my bagel. I don't get bacon because uh, it's usually cut too thin. I, I'm, a, I'm a sausage guy. Oh, see? But, well, yeah. It, for you, the problem has been it's been the wrong bacon. Because okay. given the right bacon and even the right ham, you would take the bacon. Although I suppose in some ways bacon's technically ham anyway. It's just cooked to perfect awesomeness. <laughs> right? Technically? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I got to tell you, this question, we spend so much time and work on this this question. <laughs> and our guests <laughs> analyze this question every time. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's awesome the different answers we get. <laughs> no, there's no choice. I, in fact, I order my bacon from a smokehouse. And you you special ordered it. bacon. It's not even whatever. I do. I from. do. It comes in its own special packaging of frozen, freeze dried stuff and not freeze dried, uh, freeze packs, rather. Um, I got to say, that's dedication to the bacon connoisseur, I guess. That is. But once you've had like applewood smoked bacon. Uh-huh. You would never choose. I don't eat anything else, frankly. It's that and Captain Crunch. Oh. That's my diet. <laughs> oh, and red vines. Sorry. Yeah. Well, well all right. That's, that's quite the, that is definitely the gamer diet. <laughs> Captain Crunch bacon and red vines. Do you, do you throw some Mountain Dew on it to wash it all down? <laughs> or yeah, no, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> At Mountain Dew. Yeah, that's where it ends there and goes to coffee. Uh, so, uh, opportunity. You have uh, one last message. Maybe you want sh- to share with the to listeners and all the players. I wanted to say overall, especially having I'm still, you know, in terms of the game, I'm still a newbie, though I've been playing it for quite a long time. Obviously, um, to see the engagement and the investment um, of the community at large, and then the the dedication, and I, I don't I don't want this to sound. Um, I'm not sure what the correct term is. I don't want to say brown nosing, but the amount of uh, interest and feedback and investment that players have made in testing, especially for a game update, um, and the value that we've gotten from it, um, and that we have certainly been acting on, you know, the really detailed, well informed, constructive comments and feedback. Um, it's been, that's, you know, it's almost the perfect scenario. Um, it's so nice to see. It's, I mean, this isn't a young game. Um, and to still see that kind of passion and energy from the players certainly energizes us as a team. Um, even the past, you know, these guys obviously, and as I said, we're a smaller team. Um, and they are working very hard because they love the game and they love their jobs, obviously. Um, but the amount of, in, they are smiling thrilled at the at at the response um and getting some extra testing uh on the content um and really really good feedback so um for me overall a big thank you to everyone um and certainly we don't expect everyone to to come into our test environments um but 
everyone who participates, you know, even in the polls that we talked about today, um, anyone who, who contributes to, to help us make the game better, um, makes the game better overall. And generally, yeah, I'm so honored and thrilled to be the producer on this game. Um, I'm very, very lucky uh, to have had this chance and, and to be able to, to move forward with it. Uh, and we have, there is no end in sight for this game. Um, we are not pulling back. We are not planning for any end to it. Um, there's a huge, we, we're putting everything we can into it. And we've already got plans for the next, at least the next year and a half to two years. We generally have an idea of what we're going to do. So I just want to make sure that, you know, both you and, and the player base, player base knows we have a very strong commitment to EverQuest to and making it better. Sorry, I'm losing my voice because <laughs> I'm so impassioned about this subject. Um, but yeah, so yeah, big thank you to everyone. Um, and to make we want to make sure that we keep you happy, um, keep you playing, and keep you interested uh, in the story and what we love is EverQuest 2. Well, I, I got to say that I feel lied to. Uh, oh. uh, this Aegis and Prophecy. I'm out here killing Raylo Zek every night of the week here to try to stop this thing. You guys got plans for a year to keep going? Yeah, no. I, I thought the game was, if I didn't stop the end of the destruction of the universe, we're all, the game was going to get shut off. Well, you know, that could be the next year and a half. Oh, okay. We're just going <laughs> to string this out for as long as we can. And then if you fail, you, Dell, yes? we're turning off the oh. light. Oh. That's it. It's home time. Well, vacation. Well, and I hope everybody's looking forward to EQ2 next because I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> if, if, the, if, if North is banking its hopes on me, we're yeah. all screwed. You alone, you'll have your own solo event. <laughs> the game in its entirety. Yeah. Well, at least I'll go down in history finally. Something for my tombstone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the Templar who ruined Norath. Yeah. Uh, and- well, well, th- thank you, uh, Woodstocker. We, we want to say thank you very much for taking time out of your schedule to join us. And we hope that you had a good time here with us. Oh, of course. It was an absolute pr- pleasure. I was really excited. No, it's a great um, – thank you for the opportunity. Uh, we want to say thank you to everybody who took the time to download the podcast. We certainly hope that you did enjoy it. Uh, we also want to say uh, thank you to this week's corporate sponsor, Hidden Valley Ranch, the original ranch. Uh, don't forget to try out their Hidden Valley Farmhouse Originals, now an Italian Dijon mustard and pomegranate vignette, or vinaigrette, excuse me, uh, and Allie and Wind. Did you know that that stuff also comes gluten-free? No way. It does. It's gluten-free. Uh, don't forget to check out HiddenValley.com, uh, Hidden where you can sign up for fantastic recipe suggestions. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so in a couple of ways. First, you can email us. So for me, that's delmon at eq2talk.com. And I'm Allie at eq2talk.com. You can also catch us in-game where I'm eq2.unrest.delmon, D-E-L-L-M-O-N. And I'm eq2.unrest.alicious, A-L-I-S-C-I-O-U-S. You can also join our in-game chat channel, which is eq2.unrest.eq2talk. You can check us out over on our Facebook page where we are facebook.com slash eq2talk where we would love if you would like us. And you can also follow us on Twitter where we are eq2talk. Hope everyone joins us again for episode number 45 and say that you're not currently in a mail transaction, Allie. (laughs) You're not currently in a mail transaction, Allie.
Live from Goulding Stagecoach. I did it again. <laughs> Live from Goulding Stagecoach Dining Room in Montville. Nope, it's Monument Valley. <laughs> Tap dancing. <laughs> I know that sound. Oh, it's a- <laughs> Come here. It's Jesus. awesome. Yeah, it sounded like I, all I could imagine him doing in the background, doing the you know with the hello my baby, hello my yeah. honey. <laughs> I even I I spread blankets on the floor and he he's avoiding them. Oh, <laughs> nightmare! Sorry. Okay, he's, right. he should be 